Love Talk Radio. You ready, sister? Okay. Come on, don't grab mine. Red, if you are. All right. I think you're to number 42, number 42 in the red hymn book, The Way of the Cross Leads Home. You ready? Here we go. I must needs go home by the way of the cross. There's no other way but this. I shall never get sight of the gates of life in the way of the cross I miss. The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I onward go. The way of the cross leads home. I must needs go on in the blood-sprinkled way, the path that the Savior trod. If I ever climb to the heights of life, where the soul is at home with God, the way of the cross leads home, the way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I onward go. The way of the cross leads home. Then I bid farewell to the way of the world to walk in it nevermore. For my Lord says, come, and I seek my home where he waits at the open door. The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. 
It is sweet to know as I onward go, the way of the cross leads home. Amen. It's good to be in church this morning. Good to see y'all this morning. So many smiling faces. Amen. It's a blessing. Good to have visitors with us this morning, a number of visitors. Amen. Amen. It's always a blessing to have each and every one of you here. And uh, I got just a couple of things to announce this morning. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much to the ladies of our church for the wonderful baby shower that they put on for my wife yesterday. And uh, we, we're blessed above measure. We don't deserve all the love y'all showered on us, but we sure are grateful for it. And just want to give you, just want to give you a big thanks from the bottom of our heart. And we look forward to. Uh, we're riding over here. I said, you know, just won't be long. Just a couple months, we'll have a baby back there making noise in the back seat on the way. And uh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm still young enough for all this. But anyway, we'll, we'll see. And uh, I wanted to read this note that his Sister Phyllis had, had, had left up here this morning. Uh, it said, to my church family here at Temple, thank you for the, for the easel of pink flowers and all the prayers. And to the ones that was able to attend the service, it was a great comfort to me. I have joy in my heart, for I know that she is in heaven. And I love you all. Thanks again, Phyllis. And Phyllis, we, we just, our prayers are with you, sister. And, and we rejoice in, in knowing that you know exactly where she's at. And uh, what a what a I, I, I made remarks Wednesday night, but I, I, that's a testimony to who she was. Even though I didn't know her personally, just seeing that many people when you're 91, and that many people are gathered around for your funeral, you made an impact on the world because most people ain't got but a handful left that know them at that point. So I just thank God for for the testimony she left, and and our continued prayers again with your family. And good, to, it's good to have people in church this morning. Amen. Prayer requests this morning. If you got them, stick your hand up. Don't be bashful. Yes, ma'am. He's back in the hospital again. They haven't done anything for him. He hasn't eaten in like five weeks, something like that. So he's just kind of wasting away. No, he's in the hospital again. Anybody else? Prayer requests this morning? Yes. Right. And then, you know, they just don't understand. And I'm sure my mom, you know, she's kind of had dementia sometimes. Mm-hmm. She knows sometimes she did. But they just don't know why nobody's coming to see Right. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Pray for them. Pray that God gives them peace. Um, anybody else? Any others? Yes, babe. Yeah, that's right. Yep. She had her. Uh, Stephanie had her second interview Thursday. It went well, and they're supposed to let her know first part of this week whether or not she gets that job. So please pray that, that God allows that if it's his will. I know he will if it's his will, but I just pray that it is his will because we, we, sure we sure could use that. It would be a tremendous blessing not only to us financially but to her because that's what she wants to do. That's, that's her heart's desire is to be in that kind of job doing that. So please lift her up in prayer for that. Anybody else? Any other prayer requests this morning? <clears throat> oh, Charlotte, I didn't see you, Charlotte. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely need to pray for this country. I, I don't know whether y'all watch the news or not, but it just seems like to me that things are happening so fast. 
and and it's not going in a good direction. It's it's happening very fast, and uh, you know we know what we know what the book says, and we know what we're headed toward. We know what this world's going to be when we're out of here, and it's going there fast. I, I think a lost person could see that these days, see that there's some validity to this book if they honestly took a look, because what what the Bible has prophesied is rapidly falling right into place. So I rejoice over that because we're out of here soon. Amen. I rejoice over that because the Lord Jesus is coming, and uh, and thank God for that. Amen. But uh, but listen, we need to pray. We need to pray for this nation. We need to pray for the leaders of this nation. We need to pray for everybody in power that they turn to the living God and they, they follow him rather than follow what, what their own heart's desire is and following their billfold. So anyway, let's let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our needs. Let's pray, but more importantly than that, let's pray that God meets with us today. Because, you know, if God doesn't come and meet with us today, we're just meeting for nothing. <laughs> so let's pray that the Spirit of the living God meets with us in power today. And let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to bless it. I appreciate the prayers for Joanne this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so... I mean, I guess I guess anything about because she's sitting here, but boy, I'm sure glad you. I'm, I'm glad you're doing better. And, uh, yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Proceed on Thursday. Have a heart scan. She's got to stand put in. She's doing fantastic. And this one. Yeah. But she's here. <laughs> that one until she got around you, was it? That's when. That's, that's when. when she, that's when she got uploaded. Oh, okay. I thought she it was the other way. Around. I thought that was the other way around. <laughs> Hey, by, by the way, if y'all are hot, reach up here and pull one of them little strings right. on on them fans if you warm back here because it's warm up here and I'm gonna just do that already. So, but anyway, <laughs> let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Let's ask God to meet with us, and let's ask let's ask for for power in the service this morning. Brother Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Did you have to jump start it? Amen. Take your book, take your red hymn book, turn to number 67 at Calvary. Let's sing it out strong this morning. At Calvary. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I spurned Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary 
Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Now I've given to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Amen. Turn over to number 75. 75, sound the battle cry. Amen. Y'all realize we're supposed to be the army of the Lord, right? We're, we're called to be soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're supposed to be marching into battle. Amen. So that's what this song's all about. Sound the battle cry. Okay, we'll go right ahead. See the foe is nigh, raise the standard high for the Lord. Gird your armor on, stand for everyone. Rest your cause upon his holy word. Rouse then, soldiers, rally round the banner. Ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throng. Strong to meet the foe, marching on we go, while our cause we know must prevail. Shield and banner bright, gleaming in the light, battling for the right we ne'er can fail. Rousing soldiers, rally round the banner, ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throng. O thou God of all, hear us when we call, help us one and all by thy grace. When the battle's done and the victory's won, may we wear the crown before thy face. Rousing soldiers, rally round the banner, ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throng. Glory, amen. 136. 136. More about Jesus would I know, amen. That's what we've been, that's what we've been doing uh, well, I say we. I've, I've been doing it before I got here, getting to know Jesus. Amen. This is 171 parts to it this morning. 
So that's what we're trying to do, learn more about Jesus. Amen. More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus, let me learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher be. Showing the things of Christ to me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus on his throne. Riches and glory all his own. More of his kingdom sure increase. More of his coming prince of peace. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. Amen. Praise God. Well, <clears throat> oh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Hey, I was going to tell you that tonight, um, tonight we're going to we're going to do something a little different than we normally. Does somebody know where that blue book went to? Okay, it's on the piano. <clears throat> we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. Um, instead of a sermon, we're going to start teaching on how to lead a soul to Christ. How to how to how to witness how to knock on a door and 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 go through what what uh, the motions of trying to lead somebody to the Lord and uh, and we need to know how to do it right, Amen. I mean I, I and I and I'm a very big believer that you deal with every person just like you would with your own child. You want to be thorough. You want to be careful. And uh, and and you certainly you certainly want to do it God's way. So that that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. And we'll do that for as many Sunday nights as we feel like we need to until until folks in here feel confident that we can go and and uh, talk to people about Jesus without worrying. Well, am I doing this right? Um. So anyway, so you pray that that God blesses tonight as we get ready to do that. All right, I found it. There it is. Then houses or 
I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's red sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's red sway I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey about the comb. He's all that my hungering Spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus and let him lead than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's red sway. I'd rather than anything this world affords today. Than anything. Ain't a thing out there I'm looking for, praise God. I done found what I'm looking for. Amen. And he's all that I need. Praise God. I want you to turn your Bible to John chapter 14 this morning. Whoo, we got, we got, I hate to quote, I hate to quote Smokey and the Bandit, we got a long way to go and a short time to get there, amen? <laughs> Praise God. I hope everybody out there listening will forgive me for that, especially those who, <laughs> well, never mind. All right, John chapter 12. I'm sorry, chapter 14 I said, didn't I? 14, you're right, not 12, 14. All right, just to set the, just to set the tone of where we're at, most everybody in here knows exactly where we're at, but there's some in here that hadn't been with us. So Jesus is he is they're in the upper room the night of his crucifixion. They have had the Last Supper. Judas is is 
is uh, Judas has gone out to betray him. Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. And Peter has told him, Lord, you know, I'll go with you to death. I'll do whatever, Lord. I, I, there's no way I'll ever turn my back on you, Lord Jesus. I promise you that. And he says, Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And immediately he follows that up in the next chapter with this word. He said, let not your heart be troubled. It's hard not to have your heart troubled if you know you're going to, you're going to uh, deny the Lord three times. It's hard, to, uh, it's hard to understand how they couldn't be troubled, but Jesus is telling them. Why? Because they're not to rely on their own strength. They're not to rely on their own uh, peace of mind. They're not to rely on their own heart. They're to rely on Him. And, and we are to rely on Him. Even in these times we live in, even in uncertainty, we're to rely on the Lord Jesus Christ for everything. So I want us to read. We're going to read down through verse, let's see, through verse uh, 18, chapter 14. So get in there with me. Chapter 14, we'll start there at the first. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also, praise God. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If, if ye had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but as the Father. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father." And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. So we come this morning to our text, 16 through 18. He said, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before your throne of mercy this morning, your throne of grace. And Father, before, before you, Lord, we lay down our burdens, we lay down, Lord, all our, our doubts and fears and worries and Lord, we ask you to forgive us. Lord, we ask you to please, uh, Lord, take control of this service this morning. Lord, we pray the Holy Ghost of God move and stir in our midst. Touch us down deep in our spirit. Stir us to be spirit-filled listeners. Lord, I pray you give these lips, Lord, your touch, Father. I pray you'd, you'd forgive me, Lord, of any sin in my life that would hinder you this morning from using me. Cleanse me. Forgive me. 
Fill me with your power. Fill me with your spirit. Pour me out this morning for the glory of God. Lord, I, I know that anything comes forth from me, anything that's any good, Lord, it's all of you. It's not me. Lord, I ask you now, touch each life. Reach and touch those who are listening in on the Internet. Father, we just love you and we thank you for the opportunity to preach the Word of God. Lord, we pray you bless it now. For Jesus' sake and in his name we ask these things. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. You know, as I'm reading the Scripture, I can't help but notice. Jesus said last week, what did he say? If you love me, keep my commandments. And the next statement is, and I will pray the Father. And he shall give you another comforter. We're talking about the Holy Spirit of God here this morning. Amen? And, and, and I believe that those two verses right there next to each other for a reason. If we are obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God will be at work in our life. If we're not obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, then we're hindering the Lord Jesus Christ from having us completely. We're, we're holding back. We're saying, no, you can't have this part of my life, or you can't have this part of my life. You can't, have, you can't tell my feet where to go. You can't tell my hands what to do. You can't tell my mouth what to speak. And the Holy Spirit of God is not going to give you the power to do anything with that kind of attitude and with that kind of outlook. But if we're obedient, we say, Lord, here I am, I'm yours, and I love you, and I want to obey you, and I want to, do, I want to, I want to follow your commandments. And the Lord's promising us power. Amen? He's promising us power. So I want us to look at that this morning. He said, he said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Another comforter. We think a comforter something goes on a bed, don't we? That's not what we're talking about here. The word comforter is actually a Greek word, paraclete. Actually, it's parakletos or parakletos. I can't say it right. I don't know. I'm not Greek. But anyway, but it literally means alongside to help. That's what that word means, alongside to help. Uh, to give you the long definition, in the widest sense, it means a helper, a succorer, which means helper, aider, assistant, so the holy so of the Holy Spirit designed to take the place of Christ with the apostles after his ascension to the Father, to lead them into a deeper knowledge of gospel truth, and to give them the divine strength needed to enable them to undergo trials and persecutions on behalf of the divine kingdom. Christ had been their comforter. Everything they had needed. Christ had, had provided for them. He'd been a comforter to them for, during the time that they'd been walking with him from the very get-go. Everything that they needed, Christ had taken care of. And now he's talking about leaving them. And, and, and you can imagine the thoughts that must have been running through their minds. Well, what are we going to do when you leave? I mean, really? How are we going to get along without you, Jesus? I mean, you think about it. Jesus was pretty awesome to have around. I mean, besides... Besides him being our Savior. I mean, you think about it. You know, if you were caught out in a storm on the sea and you thought your ship was going down, Jesus was pretty good to have around. I mean, he just stood up and said, peace be still, and everything went quiet. I mean, Jesus is, he, I mean, you think about it. What if the tax man's after you? And, and Jesus said, just go catch a fish, Peter. There's a coin in his mouth. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about that. All right? What about the Pharisees? They got got, the Pharisees done got you cornered up over there, and you don't even know what to say to them. Jesus just stepped in and dressed them down in a heartbeat, put them in their place. What about when somebody was sick? 
I mean, so many times there was somebody, uh, somebody who was who was sick and hurting. Well, Jesus just put it. He just spoke the word, or he, or he uh, rubbed some spit and some dirt and made some clay and put it in somebody's eyes, or, or he touched them, whatever. And, and, and I mean, gee, he'd been there everything. You think about that. Everything they needed, Christ had been all this time, and now he's talking about leaving them. So. They need, they need another comforter. And thank God he, he's going to send it to them. All right? Jesus describes this other comforter. He calls him the spirit of truth. Well, Jesus just said back in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth. So he is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can call him the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't get worried about that. You know, you know, Baptists have the weirdest thing about saying Holy Ghost. I don't know what uh, Pentecostals have learned it for us. I guess I don't know, but I, I like to say Holy Ghost because the Word of God says Holy Ghost, and it scares people a little when you start talking about Holy Ghost. Amen. So I just like to do it just to make people nervous. But anyway, I, I, I like it. the Bible uses that term, so I don't think there's any reason why we can't either. But. uh but the Father had sent his Son into the world to be a comforter to man, to be the comforter, to be a Savior, to be everything that man needed him to be. And now the Son is returning home to the Father, but he's promised to pray to the Father and that he would send to them another comforter. In verse 26, in verse 26 of chapter 14, we're going to look at several places this morning. In verse 26 of chapter 14, he says, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. So he's sending him in his name, in his place. In chapter 15, if you want to look there in verse 26, he says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth, from the Father. Now further, if you want to look in chapter 16 and verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient or it is good or necessary for me, for you rather, that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, what is, why did I read you all those verses? I'll tell you why. If you look at this, all these verses bring into clear focus the, the triune nature of God. God is in three persons, and you see it in each of these scriptures. All right? So you got the Son praying to the Father to send the Spirit. Amen? I don't know how oneness Pentecostal misses that. I don't know how anybody who doesn't believe in the Trinity can miss that. It's right there in the scripture. Amen? So Jesus is praying to the Father, send the Holy Ghost of God. And at the same time, Jesus is promising to send the Holy Spirit to them from the Father. And again, all these verses, we see three persons of the Godhead represented. On the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit came upon the waiting disciples, Peter used that fact of the Holy Spirit coming upon them as proof that Jesus had ascended to the Father. In Acts 2.32 the Bible says, This Jesus hath God, that's the Father, raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. 
therefore being by the right hand of God exalted. That's where Jesus is. And having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, hath he shed forth this which ye now see and hear. So God sent the Holy Ghost because Jesus Christ had left and gone back to the Father in heaven. And there he sits, seated at the right hand of the Father now. He sent the person of the Holy Ghost down here to the earth. So what is the ministry of the Holy Ghost? Let's look at that this morning. Well, first of all, he's the comforter, one who's come alongside us to help us. Now listen to him. If you're saved, if you have come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit of God and you've seen yourself as a sinner lost, that you've sinned against God, you've broken His law, you've sinned against Him, you're, you're, you're lost and dead in your sins, and you are without hope at that point. You have, you have no home in heaven. You ain't got no sweet by and by to look forward to. You have to look forward to eternal suffering and damnation in the lake of fire for all eternity unless you are born again by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you are a born-again child of God, the very moment that you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the very moment you turned to Him in repentance and faith and believed that He was the sacrifice, the only sacrifice, the necessary sacrifice for your sin, and you believed and trusted on Him and believed in His salvation, that moment, this side of Calvary, the Holy Spirit of God, the another comforter, as Jesus said, came to live. He, first of all, he brought to life your spirit, which was dead. He brought to life your spirit within you, and he dwells there. Amen? He's with you right now if you're saved. Jesus said in John 14, 26 of the, of the Spirit of God, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. This, that's why I don't worry about what I'm going to say when I talk to somebody for the Lord's sake. When, some, when, when, when God lays it on my you might say, well, you just know all kinds of Bible. Well, I forgot, I forgot a lot of Bible too. Amen? I can't sit here and just write verse after verse after verse out to you. But I tell you what, when I'm in a, when I'm in a moment where I need a verse of Scripture, guess who brings it to my attention? Guess who reminds me of what Jesus has said? It's the Spirit of God within me, working in me, and filling in the blanks where I've got, I've got a lot of blanks in my life. There's a lot I can't do. But you know what? God the Holy Ghost is able to do those things in me. Amen? And that's what Christ said He would do. Whatsoever I've said unto you, He'll bring it to your remembrance. What else is his ministry? He's to testify of Jesus Christ. He's here to be a witness of Jesus Christ, to testify. In, ver in chapter 15, verse 26, we read it a while ago, but it says, When the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. How do I know that Jesus Christ has saved my soul? Hey, the Spirit of God testifies in me that he has. Amen. The Word of God tells me, and the Spirit of God is the witness who says, Amen, that's right, you're saved, you're a child of God. What else is his job? What else is his duty? Well, I'll tell you what else he does. He, he, he's a convictor. Amen. He'll convict. The Bible says in John 16, 8, he will reprove, which means convict and convince. He will reprove the world of sin. I'm going to tell you something. 
You and I will do it. We try sometimes to do our best to, 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 to get somebody to feel guilty over their sin, but I'm going to tell you, God the Holy Ghost does so much better of a job than we do because you know what we look like? We look like hypocrites when we start trying to point out other people's sin. You know why? Because when you point one finger at somebody else, you got three pointing back at yourself. You and I, you and I ain't got a leg to stand on when it, talk, when it comes to, to talking about sin because the truth of it is we're all sinners. The only difference is we're forgiven. And because we're forgiven, we want to live unto Christ. And so, therefore, we have God on our side helping us to walk and not to fall down as often as we did. But he's the one that does the convicting. We're to give them the word of God. We're to, we're to pray for them. We're to pray with them. We're to encourage them. But let me tell you something. Ain't no, a single one of us can convict anybody of anything. No, that's God's job. That doesn't mean I can't stand up and say sin's wrong, sin's evil. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, there ain't nobody in this world hates sin any more than I do. I hate it, amen? I hate it. You know why? It sends people to hell. That's why I hate it. But it's not my job to stand up and try to make others feel guilty. I just give them the Word of God. That's the Holy Ghost job. He says he will approve the world of sin. He'll convict those that are convicted. And of righteousness, he'll show you that God's right. He'll show you that God's true. He'll show you that you don't line up with God, and therefore you are, you are in trouble. Amen? If you and I don't line up with God, if you and I don't believe what, what God said, we're in trouble, folks. The Bible says that he'll reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. God's the judge. God's the judge. You know what people say? Well, only God can judge me. Well, that ought to scare the living daylights out of you. Because he's going to judge every single person that ever drew a breath on this earth. And I'm going to tell you, if you're, in, if you're in the category on the right hand, listen, if you're in the group that's been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, listen, we're, we're covered. He turns to us, there ain't a spot or stain of sin. Why? Because we've been washed clean in his sight by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Father looks upon us, and he sees nothing but the righteousness of Christ that we have, we have been covered in. Oh, no. But when he looks in judgment to those who rejected the Son of God and said, oh, I won't have that man rule over me. I'll do what I want to. It's my life. I'll live it how I want to. Nobody's going to tell me what I can do. Well, God will. And his judgment's sure and won't a single person ever escape it. But you know, the Holy Ghost is here right now to try to tell people you don't have to go. You don't have to stand in that judgment ashamed. You don't have to stand in that judgment guilty. Oh, no. Come to Christ. Run. Come to Christ and be born again. That's what he's here to do. He's here to tell folks that. Amen? He's here to guide us into all truth. The Bible tells us in John 16, 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Listen, we're not, trying, listen, we're not, we're not out here blindly searching, trying to find a, you know, like a blind pig trying to find an acre. We're not like that. The Spirit of God will guide you. If you start listening of a lost man today, We'll start searching for God and start praying and crying out, Lord, I want to be saved, but I don't know how to be saved. Please, Lord, show me how to be saved. If a lost man begins crying out, God will get somebody to him. God will get the information to him somehow. God is, listen, the Holy Spirit of God is his ministry to bring people into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know one thing about that when it comes to the Holy Spirit of God? says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. But listen to what it says. 
for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Holy Ghost of God, he's the third person of the Godhead, but he's not down here trying to have his own agenda. Amen? That's what bothers me about all these spooky, charismatic churches and all that stuff. Listen, they glorify in the Holy Ghost of God. That, 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 that's their ministry is all about glorifying the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, it's about Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. Amen? Are you with me? Amen. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's, that's what the Holy Ghost is here to do. It's to magnify and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm jumping ahead of myself. He'll show us things to come. Amen. John 16, 13, the Bible says that. He said, I will show you things to come. We were talking about that in Sunday school. You're talking about, you know, we're seated in the heavenlies, but yet we're not. Listen, we know what's going to happen. I got some good news. We're going to win. We're going to come out victorious in the end. No matter what happens between here and there, I know the end of this book, and I know we win. How do I know? Well, the Holy Spirit of God shows it to me when I read the book. What else will he do? He'll show us the things of the Father and the Son. That's what the Bible tells us in John 16, 15. What else will he do? He'll give us the power that we lack. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I read the Word of God and I look at some of the things in there and I think, I'm so powerless. There's so, there's so little I've accomplished compared to some of the people that have served God. I mean, just just reading the the heroes of the faith that that we studied in, in chapter eleven of Hebrews, it's it's very humbling when you think about, well, what have I accomplished for God? What have I done? But you know what? It's not God's fault. Hear me this morning. If we've not done anything for God, it's not God's fault. And I tell you why. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter one verse eight. The Bible says, "But ye shall receive power." Power. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Where's, where's, where's our Jerusalem? It's right here. Where, where's our Judea? Well, that's further out. That's uh, Listen, you don't just... Try to witness to people right here around your house or your neighborhood. You want to go man, even where, wherever you go further out from that. Witness there. And he said, don't ever stop. Just go to the uttermost parts of the earth. We are to be witnesses unto the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet many people say, well, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. Nobody listen to me. I wouldn't know what to say. That's where the power comes in. Amen? I care. You go right down two blocks down here, J.P. Harvey Motors. And you find a vehicle down there that ain't got a speck of gas in it, and it can have the biggest motor in the whole wide world, and yet it ain't going to move an inch till you put gasoline in it. That's the power. Amen? And you know what? You can, be, you, can be the, you can be the most upstanding individual. You can have the smoothest tongue. I mean, you can have the best looks in the world. But I'm going to tell you something. Unless God's Holy Ghost is, is in you working, unless he is filling you with his power, you'll be powerless to serve God. He's the power that we lack. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. And yet, many times as Baptists, we're scared to even talk about the Holy Ghost because we don't want somebody to think something's wrong with us or we're being spooky. I'm nine million miles away from being a charismatic, but I am not scared of the Holy Ghost of God. Amen? If I don't have the power of the Holy Ghost of God in me, I can't do a thing for God. We cannot serve God faithfully and effectively without 
the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, what is that power? It's power to be like Jesus Christ. That's what it is. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Bible says, But we all, with open face, beholding as, a, as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we, we, we can see Him, His glory. And the Bible says we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Every time that the Spirit of God is able to use us, and the hand of God is upon us, and He uses us in the ministry by His power, every time it changes us a little. Every time we come a little closer to being like Christ. Amen? You know what? I want more of that in my life. Amen. I want God to use me. I want to look back and say, that was God. I didn't do that. That was God. God did that in my life. God was working in my life. God spoke to him through me. God spoke to her through me. That didn't happen because of me. I can't take credit. That's God. I want more of that. And God says that's how we're changed. Secondly, the Bible says there in Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost of God renews us. You know, that's why when a person gets saved, they get saved, but, you know, they're not perfect. They, they, they still got lots of things they got to change. And as they begin to get to know the Lord, as they begin to get into church and read the Bible and have a prayer life, suddenly they start looking around and saying, well, i got to get rid of this. This ain't good to have in my life if I'm a Christian. I can't keep running with that same crowd doing the same thing that they've been doing all this time. They don't love God. Listen, I'm making him ashamed of the way I'm acting. i got to change some things. Who's pointing that out? That's the Holy Spirit of God. That's the Holy Ghost changing us, renewing us. Listen, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How do they become new? By the renewing of the Holy Ghost of God. That's his job in us. He gives us power to be like Jesus. Second of all, he gives us power to be witnesses. Again, the Bible says, But ye shall receive power. You shall receive power. That's God's power. It's not your power. So how, how does he do that? Well, he comes alongside us to help. He's our paraclete. Romans 8.26, the Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. That's the things that we ain't able to do. That's the things we're coming up short in. But we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Sometimes we don't. Some, sometimes, I notice that sometimes in here when I call for prayer requests. It's, I think sometimes, sometimes we, we, we got prayer requests, but we don't know how to put them into words. We got, we got burdens down deep, but we don't know how to say it out loud. I don't know for what reason, but we, don't, we just don't know how to frame the words. But the Bible says the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which could not be uttered. Somebody's, somebody's on your heart. Sometimes you just need to weep for them. You don't have to say a word. God, the Holy Ghost of God, intercedes, and He's the one that goes to the throne of God for us and pleads on their behalf. He'll give you power. You say, I don't know how to talk to so-and-so. I don't know what I'll ever do. I don't know how I'll ever reach them. Pray. Holy Ghost of God, make a way. Holy Ghost of God, give me power. Give me the words to say. Give me the opening. Give me the time. Give me space where it's just me and them and we can talk. That's, what, that's who he is. He works to represent the Lord Jesus Christ every step. 
every step. So what's his relationship to us? What's the, we looked at his ministry. Well, what's his relationship to us? John fourteen seventeen, For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Here Jesus uses two Greek prepositions to describe the relationship. With and in. He'll be with you and he'll be in you. The Holy Spirit was with them. And this, and this is the first relationship that you have with the Spirit. Is he, when you get saved, he's, he's, well, he's with you because he's convicting you, right? All right, he shows up. Somebody prays for you and says, I, I want that person to be saved. Please, Lord, please convict them and show them they're lost. Well, the Holy Spirit of God begins to show them their sin. The Holy Spirit of God begins to convict them and say, God, God says that's a sin. God said that's wrong. You broke his law. You, you're going to have to pay for that. You're going to have to stand in judgment. Listen, I understood that as a seven-year-old child. I understood that just as plain as day. People say, I don't understand all that. Well, yeah, you, you could if you'd listen. I understood it. I stand there brushing my teeth as a seven-year-old child, and I could hear the crackling of the flames of hell in the back of my mind, and I knew that I was lost. I knew that I was a lost sinner, and I was on my way to hell. I was, don't ask me, how, how do you understand it at seven? The Holy Spirit of God revealed it to me. That's how. He convicted me of my sin. I guarantee you, if you saved here this morning, you remember what conviction felt like. Terrifying. Terrifying to know that you stand in judgment of the holy God. He's with you to testify that Jesus Christ bore your sins. Jesus Christ took your sin. He paid for your sin debt. He did everything that was necessary to free you from the power of sin and the penalty of sin, and he is able to, to save you someday from the very presence of sin. He's with you to guide you into the truth. And the Bible says, and he shall be in you. When you open your life to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit then comes into your life. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, the Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. Ye are not your own. I don't belong to me. I, I, I stopped belonging to me in 1975 when I trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm not mine anymore. I can't, I, I'm not going to say that I haven't stolen from God what belonged to him and took it and done what I wanted to with it, and then God had to chase me, he had to whip my tail. He had to, he, had to, he had to steer me back into his will. Yes, that's happened. That happened in my youth. I'm not proud of it, but I thank God that I, I thank God that in this day and time I know I know better. Amen. The Holy Spirit of God has guided me in that. Amen. The Bible says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Amen. You can't be a child of God and not have the Spirit of God in you. The Bible tells us in I believe it's in Ephesians, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess but be filled with the Spirit. We are to be filled with the Spirit as believers. We're not, to, we're not to just use Him as a tool we go pick up like a 9 16 wrench when we need to work on something. No, the Spirit of God lives in us. He's there with us always. We're to be filled with Him. Listen, when He says, be not drunk with wine wearing His excess, it's wrong to get drunk, amen? And when you're drunk, listen, when you're drunk, something else is controlling you. Amen. Y'all been around drunks. Amen. Some of y'all may have been drunks. I don't know. Y'all know how drunks are. Boy, they're super friendly, aren't they? 
love to hug on you, tell you how much they love you. Either they want to fight one of the two. But they, but you know what? Something else is in control of them. Am I right? Amen. I got a good message on this. Sometime I'll preach it about a spirit-filled man. When man gets full of alcohol, he acts just like a... There's it, it, a good contrast there. But anyway, I, I ain't got time for that. We got to hurry. <clears throat> but it's just as wrong as it is to be drunk with alcohol where you're not in control of yourself. God says we should be so full of the Spirit of God that He's in control of us and we're not. You understand what I'm saying? Just like that. That's what that, that's what that verse is referring to. Jesus speaks of, of a still further relationship that the believer has with the Holy Ghost, and that is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Okay? That's different than in and with. Acts 1.8, again, I'm going to read it. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and he shall be witnesses, ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. This Greek preposition, epi, is used upon or over. It's one thing to have the Holy Spirit of God in you. It's another thing to have the Holy Spirit of God flowing out of you like a river of water. You turn a fountain on, the fountain's dry and clean. But you turn a fountain on, guess what? The water flows over and it runs all over it. And the Bible says that the Spirit, it'll flow from us like rivers of living water. Okay, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, guess what? Everywhere you go, I, I liken it to we're vessels, right? We're, we're like we're like a cup. Somebody fills a cup up with water. Y'all y'all seen this? A little little kid go to the kitchen. They're barely able to reach the faucet, and they fill them a cup, and they fill that sucker all the way to the top, and they're trying to come in there with it, and it's spilling all down the side. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all y'all seen that? Well, that's that's the way that's the way we're supposed to be as believers. We want the Holy Spirit of God just spilling out of us. That way we get around somebody. You know what? They Something different about that person. Can't put my finger on it, but something's different. I just feel at peace when I'm in their presence. There's a joy about them that I ain't, I ain't experienced. And there's love coming from them. What is it? It's, it's Christ's Spirit coming from them. That's what's splashing all over them. That's what's getting all over them, amen? Listen, I want that in my life. I plead God for that. Please, Lord, please, Father, let the Holy Spirit of God flow from me daily. I want that more than anything. I want, it, I want him to flow out of me just like a rushing river. That my life would be chosen by God as a vessel to contain the Holy Spirit of God boggles my mind, that God would use me. Because what am I? I'm nothing. But listen to me. God sees something I don't see. Talked about that Wednesday night. God sees things we can't see. God looks at me and he says, you may not think you're anything, but I can reach people through you if you'll give yourself and put yourself in my hand. If you'll ask me to, to give you the power to, to do the things that I've commanded you to do, I can do great things through you. Even though you may look at yourself and say, I'm nothing. I want to be a channel through which God, you know, just like a water pipe. These water pipes running in here from the city. Listen, they, they're just a conduit. That's all they are. They come, water comes from here to there. I want to be the conduit or the water pipe that God sends his power through to somebody that needs it. That's what every believer ought to be. Now, lastly, the Holy Spirit of God's a gift for the church. 
He's a gift to us. John fourteen seventeen. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The world don't understand. The world, the world, the world cannot get it. You start talking about the Holy Ghost of God and the Holy Spirit of God to the world, they look at you a little crazy, a little cockeyed. What in the world are you talking about? They don't know nothing about it. Listen, the natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. And if a man's spirit is dead, he can't discern anything of the spirit. There's a lot of people walking around this world talking about I'm just a spiritual person, and they just as dead as a as a grave in a graveyard. They just dead as they can be. They don't have any spiritual life in them, and they think they're spiritual. No, let me tell you, you want to be spiritual, you start praying to God, Lord God, please fill me with Your Spirit. Oh Lord God, I surrender myself to You. I, I don't want my will to override Your will. Lord, I want Your will to be done. Please fill me. Fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. Please, Lord, and, and pour me out to somebody else. Let it pour out of me everywhere I go. The Bible says he dwelleth with you. When's the last time you spoke a word to him? Some people may feel funny about that. Well, I'm supposed to pray to the Father. I'm supposed, well, yeah, I understand that. But how many of you have said, dear Jesus, I need this. Dear Jesus, listen, you know, I don't think God gets, the Father gets mad if we address Jesus Christ in prayer. I don't think the Father gets upset if we address the Holy Spirit of God in prayer. I mean, he's right here. He's right here. When I need, listen, when I need help, Holy Ghost of God, help me. You know, that's not, that's not, being, that's not being unfair to Jesus by saying that. He is God. Amen? He's not here to glorify himself. I'm not glorifying him by praying and saying, help me. He's here to do that. Amen? He is my helper. He's to come alongside me and assist me and help me. How many, how many people who have a helper works for him every day doesn't turn around and say, hey, can you hand me that? Can you help me with that? I need that. Holy Ghost of God's our helper. And I fear, I fear, folks, we have been trying to do things for God so long in our own strength. And that's why we don't see more things happen. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if we will apply the truth that the Lord Jesus Christ himself gave us the night of his crucifixion, we'll see some things begin to happen. God's not dead. God's still on the throne. Trumpet hadn't sounded. Holy Ghost still here with us. Word of God still in front of us. Power of God still here. We're just going to have to ask for it. He gave it to us. He gave us this gift. He gave us this paraclete. He gave us this helper. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost of God was sent to the church, the multitude asked Peter, what they could do. Peter said this, repent. Repent. 
Turn from your sins. Turn to the living God. Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent. And what, Peter? And be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And that word for means because of. Because your sins have been forgiven. When you called on Christ and you repented, those sins were forgiven. So because of that, follow Him in believer's baptism. Identify yourself with His death, burial, and resurrection. And He said, And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now let me say something to you before I close this message. If you are saved this morning, if you are truly a part of the redeemed, if you've been born again, you have already received the Holy Ghost of God. But let me say something to you. I, you, you need to ask yourself this, this question. When's the last time the power of the Holy Ghost came upon me? When's the last time I can remember that the power of the Holy Ghost came upon me? And then in about time that happened again. I'm not talking about no charismatic experience. I ain't talking about falling in the floor, shaking, and ladies' dress going up over their head and all that craziness that happens in them, some of them churches, shaking and flopping around like, no, that's not, that's not God the Holy Ghost at work. Somebody gibbered and jabbering and can't nobody tell what they're saying. That ain't the Holy Ghost of God at work. He's not, God is not the author of confusion. When the Holy Ghost of God is at work, people get saved. People get born again. How long has it been since God has it been at work in power in your life? I ask you that question this morning. And let me say to you this morning, if you're not saved, you have no hope. If you're not born again, if you don't know for sure that your name is written down in heaven as a child of God because you've come through the blood of God's only Son and you've believed on Him as your Savior, you are on your way to hell. I say that in love. I don't say that to be ugly to you. I tell you that out of love because I don't want that for you and He doesn't want that for you. The Holy Ghost of God... The Holy Ghost of God is here to show you that you can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God has been spoken. The Word of God has been preached. The Holy Ghost of God is trying to work on your heart today. And if you need to be saved, I, 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 I plead with you. Bow your head and trust Christ as your Savior. Call on Him. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm lost. I need to be saved today, Lord Jesus. I don't want to spend an eternity in hell. I want to be with you in heaven. I want to be saved from my sins. Please forgive me for Christ's sake. Wash me in His blood. Make me clean. I trust you as my Savior. It's not magic words. It's, it's what you need from your heart. You cry out to God and tell Him that. And the Lord Jesus has saved your soul. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever shall be saved. I urge you, call on His name. Trust Him as your Savior. If you're saved, I urge you, look at yourself, examine yourself, and say, is the power of the Holy Ghost of God present and evident in my life? And if not, Lord, I need to get it there. And I urge you to call out to Him and say, Lord, please fill me with the power of your Holy Ghost and use me for, God's honor, for Christ's honor and glory the rest of my days. Amen? Let's stand together. Number 370 in the red books, what she's going to sing if you want to find that. But we're going to pray before we have an invitation. And I, again, I urge you, there's an altar over here. There's an altar over here.
There ain't a person in here this morning that would be upset if somebody came and knelt and prayed. There ain't a person in here that would, would be concerned and worried about anything but their own soul this morning. Nobody's going to look at you. Nobody's going to think a bad thing about you. We rejoice in you making the decision for the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you now, and we urge you, please, work in our midst. Holy Ghost of God, we've asked for you to work, and now we ask you to do a work that we cannot do. We ask you to put your finger right on their sin. We ask you to, to draw them to Christ. We ask you, Lord, to, Lord, to convict your people about the lack of power in their life. Lord God, we ask you now, do a work that we cannot do. And Father, we're going to give you glory and praise. We're going to give you glory for all of it. And we thank you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, we're going to turn to number three, to 370. If you, if, if you need to come, come on now, don't wait. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Last verse. I need thee every hour, most holy one. Oh, make me thine indeed, thou blessed son. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. My only last thought is this. Don't go to hell from here. Don't leave here and go to hell. The Lord loves you. He died for you. He did everything necessary to save your soul. All you must do is turn to him and say, I need you, Jesus. Please save my soul. Please save me. And he'll do that. It won't cost you a thing. But if you don't, it'll cost you everything. Amen. It's good to be with you this morning. Good to be with you in church. And I hope the Lord blessed you and, and, and spoke to your heart and moved on you today. I urge you to be back tonight. Uh, listen, if, you, if, you, if you've ever just wondered, well, you know, how can I, how can I witness to somebody? Come back tonight. Be a little different. Be a little informal. It won't be like a normal church service. But I want, I want to go through it. Little by little, step by step, and I won't, I'm, I'm gonna drag Jackson up here and make him be my my lost man, and uh, he's excited about that. He's been thrilled since I told him. So, uh, but anyway, you pray for him. <laughs> but pray for me. It's been a while since I've taught this, and I'm just gonna kind of do it on memory. So, so pray for me that God help me to convey the thoughts to you that need to be conveyed, and and uh, come come with a with a with a, a willing heart, saying, Lord. 
teach me and I'll do it. And if you'll do that, I guarantee God God will show you and God will make, you soul, make a soul winner out of you. And uh, and there ain't nothing better in this world I know to be than somebody that leads people to Jesus. So let's go. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and I'll meet you back here tonight at 6 o'clock. Amen? All right. Brother Dan dismisses. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a wonderful day. Yes, ma'am. He gonna be my lost man. God bless you, Trey. Bless your good see you again. Yes, ma'am. Bless you, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God bless you, man. Yes, sir. Isabella. How you doing, man? What's your name? Warren. Warren, good to meet you, Warren. Yes, sir. I enjoy myself. Thank you. Amen. We're glad you came, man. Glad you came. All right. Well, God bless you. Yes, ma'am. Bye, Isabella. They went in to do a heart test on Joanne Thursday because they done done stress test and all that stuff on them. Mm-hmm. And then they, she had to get hospital early Thursday morning.